way too deep dive into the shallowest people on the planet. I'm Elizabeth, and I'm joined by my lovely friend and co-host, Mr. Alex Moran. Hi, Alex. You can't spell relax without Alex. Ooh. Ooh. I feel like relaxed, Alex. Oh, yeah, it's Sunday. I'm going to relax all day and see Halloween Kills tonight. Or as I've been calling it, Halloween Kyles. <laughs> You'll have to give us a review next week on her acting ability. Oh, I'm expecting the best if it's anything like her appearance in the first one. And Alex, I would like to point out this will be your second um, movie viewing of a Bravo celebrity. First, of course, being Candace in the Christmas lottery. Oh, you're going on with Bravo holiday themed. That's right. This was definitely planned out by me. I only watch uh, Bravo Liberty holiday films. We are also joined by my lovely sister, Miss Julia Baker. I'm not going to tell you anything, but don't you dare forget I'm here. That is my Erica tagline for the first installment of the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills reunion. Oh, that Julia, is I love so it. So true. She interjects so many times, um, just like to remind everyone. It's like. It's the wrong move, if you ask me. If I were her, I would be laying as low as possible until it's her time. <laughs> Completely. And then anytime anyone's speaking of anything else, she acts so bored she might die. Allegedly die, Julia. Allegedly. My- alleged boredom mm. leads to alleged death. <laughs> Which brings me to my tagline. <laughs> this one could be Lisa Rinna's tagline for the first uh, episode of the reunion. My loyalty is pledged and the charges are alleged. Nice. Wow. Very fun. I'm sounding a little nasally this week, so I want to say sorry to our viewers. I exercised once for the first time and it put my body over the edge and I've been sick for a week now. So is exercise good for you? I don't think so. Not good for your podcast voice, that's for sure. How do you think I get this nice vocal fry? By just relaxing. (laughs) You can't <laughs> relax without Alex. All right, are we ready for Beverly Hills? Yes, please. Yeah. Off mic, we were all saying that we were really mad about something. That happened in uh, episode one of the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills reunion. Is it Dorit yelling at Garcelle and accusing her of just trying to stay relevant? Is that your thing? That's my cringe thing, yeah. What was yours? My cringe thing was Erica keeps referring to the victims of the plane crash oh, as, alleged. as alleged victims. Yeah, that's my second cringe thing, Julia. And Excellent. she mm-hmm. just won't drop it. And someone has to have told her that they are victims. If PK knows they're real victims, yeah. Erica knows. Probably the most devastating of all is that while watching it, I kept thinking to myself, oh my God, Rena looks like Randall from Monsters, Inc. in this episode. And then I go on Reddit, and that joke's already been made. (laughs) That was what made you mad? And now I'm like, oh, great. Now, like, my brain is now thinking like a Bravo Redditor, and that's been the most devastating thing for me to realize about myself this week. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry, Alex. Can I say the most delightful thing to come out of the reunion this week for me? Yes. It is somehow the Sutton's daughter, Porter... Wanting to have a play date with Amelia Gray got brought up, which when it happened at the Mm -hmm. time, I thought was hilarious. One, because these are adult children. Sutton somehow twists it to act like it wasn't Porter pushing for this Amelia Gray thing and goes, I just don't know how it would go. My kids didn't grow up with Hollywood parents. 
a huge diss, only to then be cut to, I think this is where my tiara should live, while redoing her closet. So, Sutton, she may not be a Hollywood parent, but her daughter Porter has been given a little something. A little something to make her feel like her 20-year-old self could schedule a play date with Amelia Gray. Yeah. <laughs> Sutton really is carried the season for me, Sutton and Garcelle. And watching Garcelle get done so dirty was painful to watch. Dorit's never really been on my radar. Last season, I didn't really care. This season, she was annoying me. And her screaming at Garcelle just let me finish. Her accusing Garcelle, who was literally on the cover of Vogue a couple weeks ago. And just posted a picture of her, like, on the set of Spider-Man with Tom Holland. Like, Garcelle is actually a celebrity. Mm-hmm. Dorit. Nobody knows mm-hmm. who you are. Just the way Especially that- not Crystal. Didn't you think that was weird that that was the thing that she's still hung up on? Or do you think that's just like Crystal's just reaching for something to do? I think Crystal's reaching for something. She didn't really have a lot going on, and I think she's scared of becoming yeah. Teddy Part 2. But I think she took notes. I think we're going to get a good Crystal next season. I hope so. Did you love Dorit's comment when Rena was running over across the room to have a cringe hug with Garcelle? Dorit says she just wanted to show off her outfit. God, so petty. Yeah. Her going across the room was like the most blatant display of like overcompensating for someone insinuating that you're racist. Uh huh. I think Just she like may have made that race comment. Oh, she percent said that comment. If we're judging by the reaction that she had, that's what I can't. I'm sorry. I know I keep harping on it, but like watching Garcelle get gaslit for a whole hour was so painful these women are becoming less and less and less likable kyle was probably the most okay out of like the older she cast but this, exactly <laughs> yeah. that is only the reason why it's really just dorit and rena who are doing the gaslighting and i don't like how beverly hills harps so much on like specific words or like, how things are phrased that will be the whole season will be about that. Especially when Sutton absolutely ruined Kyle's fireplace. Couldn't we have spent the whole season on that? That would be hilarious. The fireplace <laughs> and Sutton's like, I didn't even notice it. It's like on fire. It's like a sad little shriveled, like, toothpick of a fireplace. That was the funniest thing to me ever. Another devastating moment for me was... When they they make that allusion to like, oh, Kyle had an unexpected visitor this morning. In my mind, I was like, oh, Michael Myers. And then it was Michael Myers. My brain has just been rotted by Bravo. <laughs> I just have Bravo sense of humor now. You're in too deep. I learned something today on Bravo's Reddit page. Sorry, Alex. That Whoa. different shows are produced by different companies. Oh, yes, I knew that because mm-hmm. you should have yeah. known this too because Stephanie was an owner of the company that produced Real Houses of Dallas and that's where she always had a good edit. You gave oh. us that. Oh, I did give us that. You're right. Mm-hmm. So that's called Evolution Productions, if I remember correctly. They also do Vanderpump. They do Vanderpump, OC, and Beverly Hills. Okay. Do you all kind of have the same mm-hmm. vibe? Interesting. Overproduced yeah. and like... So whoever does Potomac that's really what I needs said. to expand. Yeah, whoever, whatever Potomac <laughs> people are up to, let's let's get them some more work. I can't, I can't do another season of them 
going in on something that isn't real. It drives me crazy. That's what Beverly Hills is all about, Elizabeth. I think that we should take each one of these women and drop them in a different franchise and just watch them sink or swim. Rinna needs to survive We're a month see. with Giselle from Potomac. Kyla's going to be an all-stars. We'll see how she does there. Yeah. You know who I think would make Beverly Hills just like explode? That would be the perfect addition and they would just like shake everything up is if Lala upgraded to a housewife of Beverly Hills. Lala from Vanderpump Rules. Yeah. I think she deserves it. I also think she's getting I into think so the bracket too. where she needs to get a bump. Mm-hmm. Alex, that's perfect. She wouldn't have any time for their little stupid like niceties, petty shit. She'd be screaming at she all of them. She would destroy Rinna. Oh my so. gosh, okay, I love it. Alex, who should we write to? Uh, Evolution Media. <laughs> <laughs> I was delighted by all of the Paris Hilton bridal shower pictures. Has anyone seen them on the Instagram? Oh yes, I have seen them. And all the ladies came there, except Sutton, I haven't seen her yet. You know that Kyle is like, I so wish this was filmed. Yes, I do wish, but I'm loving it. All right. Potomac? Please. <laughs> Potomac was so good. So fun. Um, I kind of sensed something at the beginning of this season with Chris and Candace. And you guys thought it was very fake and scripted, but I smell something. Chris cleaning up Candace's messes literally and figuratively. I think he's kind of hitting the end of his ropes. You guys said with the, um, the drinking, you said that was fake. And then we were kind of going back and forth on the video shoot drama, if that was fake. As of right now, is their relationship changing or on the rocks, or is this all for TV? Well, Chris keeps bringing up the fact that his relationships that he holds near and dear to his heart, or the other Chris of Chris Samuels, he really valued that friendship, and it is lost. And he will not let this go. Every guy who's there, listen, he's like, can't get too close to you. Our wives are going to fight, and I'm going to lose you as a friend. Yeah. I think that mm-hmm. he's not liking how Candace is sabotaging his relationships with everyone in his life. Yeah, he keeps saying that he doesn't like being collateral damage. Mm-hmm. And I can't imagine that that's fun. Like, you're watching her be crazy, and she is very... What did he say? She uses a lot of adjectives when he's and, talking to mm-hmm. Ashley. And she is... I mean, like, that's, like, one of her biggest strengths is that she's able to do that. Her, Stassi, and Lala should all get together. But... It would be really frustrating to have people you like, like Chris, I'm sure, had said it to him a thousand times, mm-hmm. saying, like, dude, your your wife is making this too hard. And he's have to say, yeah, I know, I know. Chris did an amazing job sitting down with Candace after she was having her salad toss fight and just saying, like, this is clearly really bothering you. And she says, no, it's not bothering me. And he's like, no, but the fact that you're being so defensive is Mm -hmm. showing people that it's really bothering you. And she goes, no. Like, I think it would be frustrating. He's really taking the time to like really approach things cool, calm and collectively and like trying to walk her through this path. And she just will not take any of it on and not take any of his notes. While calling her a child as she's like, on his knee, like being reprimanded like a child. <laughs> and then how does she describe that interaction? Chris cussed me out. He did not swear once. I know. No. Oh, also her describing the Asala gate to Giselle and Robin was hilarious because she had Mia throwing tons of salad and Mia breaking a plate, but she did the first toss. And she broke the plate. Did an equal toss, and then she was throwing candlesticks 
like crazy. So it was mm-hmm. just that the fact that a candlestick didn't break just was good luck. And she also said that like Mia said something like back to her and it cut back to the event and Mia's not saying anything at all. No. No. Mia doesn't really mind uh, Candace's like below the belt punches. The mom one got her, but all the other ones, she's like, where's your yeah. pit? But she's like, I don't know, outside, I think. Like, I think that's what makes her a good housewife. But what I, I don't know how to say this without just saying it. So I think I'm just going to put the words out there. Candace did not learn anything. No. And when Ashley mm-hmm. brought up everything, I was like, oh, Ashley, you're being so messy at the final dinner. She was. She, she was. was. I love Ashley. Being messy, but <laughs> she really did not like how Candace had learned nothing and was starting another food fight where she was setting herself mm-hmm. up to be a victim. Not just food, Julia, a vegetable, a raw vegetable a platter. A raw vegetable platter. And so I think Ashley had every right to bring that up because the fact that no one else was pointing it out was shocking to it me. It was literally the same. Over a table, raw vegetables, and Candace putting her hand in somebody's face. The difference is Mia walked away and Mia didn't grab her hair. And that could also be in part the fact that every single woman was surrounding Candace and knowing that something bad was going on. Were down. you guys watching all the other ladies? They were like, yes. Slowly moving. Karen was so freaked out. Karen, yeah. I think that all those women have like PTSD mm-hmm. from that. And Candace mm-hmm. cried and cried and cried like she was the victim. And then here she is. The messiest thing about the Ashley move is that it's following her interaction with Chris that's like very like calm and like nice. Where they're just kind of like checking in on each other and like he's congratulating her on like the baby and everything. And she's like, yeah, I think Chris can be like a nice guy and like whatever. And then she starts all this drama at the dinner by saying, so Chris, like, how do you think you should have like handled that situation? (laughs) That was so messy to me. Yeah, but that's why we love Ashley. I just felt like Chris just gets piled on. But like, I think it's safe to say I like, I like Chris a lot now because of this episode. I do too. I didn't like him last season. But I like him right now. Yeah. And can we bring up the group that was in the room with them bugged the hell out of me, by the way. The husbands and the wives separate and the wives, with the Potomac yeah. ladies in between them. Why didn't you get us a shot where your wives? It was too oh, much yeah. like extras inserting themselves into this reality yeah. TV thing for me. I didn't care about them. But as I looked at these husbands, they were all very attractive. Ashley pointed out to Giselle, they were all very attractive. I'm looking at Chris. He's pretty attractive. Mm -hmm. And then they flash Mm -hmm. to Michael. Oh. And I'm just like, Ashley, you clearly know what an attractive man looks like. You spotted them at that table. Like, why on Mm -hmm. earth are you with Michael? A lizard person. treats you horribly. The eternal question. Exactly. And I think I'm finding Chris more attractive because of how he behaved this episode. Mm -hmm. And... Michael yeah. has never let me see that inner beauty. I did a funny thing where I actually looked up who voices the Geico Gecko the other day. Because, <laughs> you know, we Michael make so Dark. many, like, allusions to Michael being, like, uh, the Geico oh, Gecko. And the guy does resemble <laughs> Michael Darby. <gasps> no! Oh, my goodness. Except yes. we would have known if it was Michael Darby because he's, um, hello, uh, if you need insurance uh, for when you crash your car running away from your wife. After you leave your mistress's house, uh, Geico. That's so fair. That's my Michael Darby Geico impression. 
a couple wrap-up final thoughts. I love that Karen is saying that she's going to get married again. She's having her second marriage. She's, oh, yeah, she's having a second wedding. A virginal bride, newly well, in love with Ray. She's acting like she's a divorcee. It's the same dude. You're not getting remarried. You're doing a <laughs> vow renewal. And that is just killing me. Oh my gosh, Karen had the best win. G was creepily sticking his tongue out at her oh to my show God. her that he thought uh, she was attractive. Very Michael Darby-esque. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, she said, do you know that you're talking to the ambassador of Surrey County? Have some dignity. Oh, Karen. I love that. G is freaking me out. Uh, oh, I love him. He's great. <laughs> But I got to give Escala a shout out just because she's not getting any shout outs on the show itself. I thought it was a very funny move to send your boyfriend that really does not want to be there out to try to get Chris and calm him down as a way to like kind of prop yourself up on the show and like establish your boyfriend as like a presence in the show. And the way that just did not come to fruition at all. He's handsome, but I still don't remember his name. Oh, I think it's Dre. Dre. It's Dre, D-R-E. Dre. And he, I think that's her husband. Yeah. Oh, he is gorgeous. Oh, really? See, Uh this is how little I processed any of that all of a sudden i spotted him and we're but like, i did need the chiron i was like who's this handsome fella oh. <laughs> <laughs> final final thought when the great salad toss was happening mia saying she's going to leave all the girls chase after mia no one gives a shit about candace going outside or um, leaving final thought i'm going to leave us with karen's wise words this is a pissing contest and no one is running out of urine that should be her new tagline. Her tagline should be, I'm full of urine. And with that, Salt Lake City. Do you know what I love more than Bravo shoving a bunch of women together and telling us that they're friends in real life? Bravo shoving a bunch of men who are married to those women together and making me pretend that they're friends in real life. Oh my gosh. Guys night on Salt Lake City. The conversation did not flow. You, the, you know what the thing is? Is that like, this is the first one of these housewife shows where like, I truly did not believe that they were friends. Usually I, I kind of am on board with like the guys being pals. Like Potomac, for instance, like all the guys were getting along the past couple episodes. Chris is very mm-hmm. upset that he can't like be friends with them. Jersey, of course, the shining example of mm-hmm. like guys getting along. And then I think that PK and Mauricio are truly I think friends. they're actually friends. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, they're friends too. So that when like Whitney says to Lisa, it's so rare that like husbands get along. I was like, well, maybe in Salt Lake City for some reason, <laughs> but all the other shows, they get along just fine. But yeah, this was embarrassing to watch. Very cringy. They all high-fived for getting, for being married. Which is the whole admission ticket to this guy's night. <laughs> Do we want to start with most cringe or should we work our way up to most cringe? Um, I'll start with the least cringe. Within this night? Yes. Yeah, guys' night specifically. Which was Justin Whitney's husband confirmed, oh, they've had a huge sex pause, which we deduced from the amount of sex Whitney claimed that they had. Okay, that's what we thought too. Last season when she's like, we have sex, we have sex five times a week at least. We're like, liar. Sex, babe. We gotta have it. I need it. This feels like such a weird thing to put on TV if it was real and an even weirder thing to put on TV if it wasn't real. Well, the comment that Seth made saying from an outsider's perspective, you have the best marriage because of the stripper pole. And he's like, oh, that means we have the worst marriage. And I was like, oh. What? Yes. I didn't catch that. 
Oh yeah. yeah, he said it's always the ones that look good from the outside that are actually kind of like scary. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yes. Okay, interesting. We're gonna have to be like taking notes. Okay, we are. <laughs> As we continue our detective Dodie uh, deep dive into number one, is Whitney stupid or is she the smartest person on the planet? And number two, is this sex thing real? The truth lies in between with her, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. Okay, I'm now emotionally ready for slimy Seth Corner. Probably the biggest cringe of the episode. Maybe the cringiest thing I've seen on TV. Even Sharif, Jin's husband, couldn't handle it. Yeah. He was freaking out in person and then freaking out in his confessionals. Seth is teasing Justin. When was the last time you had sex with her awake? And nobody gets what he's saying. And he's like, I can't remember the last time I had sex with Meredith when she was awake. I always have sex with her when she's asleep. That's the deal we have. He's so gross. Will that get brought up in the reunion? Who knows? I'll think he'll slimy Seth his way through this whole season. That may seem like peanuts compared to what we're going to get later. Admitting to sexual assault. Oh, God. I thought his entrance was also extremely cringy. His hey, hey, hey. And then he does a little kick. Cringier than that? Oh, not cringier than that. That was going to be my least cringy that built to the most cringy. <laughs> but actually, and in between there, my, my middle cringe, as it were, is the cut back to Seth and his talking head. Wearing the Brooks Marks jackets. Oh my gosh, yes. Okay. What a supportive father. It's like, it looks like a fortune sticking out of the cookie. I know that we did get closure with it this episode, but I think I figured out the whole Jen Shaw Brooks dilemma. Oh, do tell. I think this whole time Jen has been tweeting about Whitney's son, Brooks, the five year old. Alex, you And that's why she's so it. confused. What did we think of um, Meredith and Brooks's uh, meeting with Jen? <laughs> I thought it was hilarious that Meredith had to sit at the bar pretending like she wasn't eavesdropping while texting on her cell phone. The fact that Brooks sent, Mom, you need to go away, was the funniest thing to me. But I felt like Jen handled the situation great. I think that Brooks took her apology. I think the whole meeting went fabulous. No, Julia, I'm going to disagree. I think the funniest thing is when they walk into a completely empty restaurant and the hostess says, do you have a reservation? <laughs> and then later on, Meredith and Brooks enters. Are you meeting someone? There is one table in this restaurant. Uh-huh. Well, Jen booked the whole restaurant for this apology. <laughs> what do we think of the Lisa Whitney apology? Great location to do it. Pie and gin. You can't have a new beginning without gin. <laughs> But I think that Mary, of all people, hit the nail on the head when she said Lisa has a cool factor and Whitney sees that and her insecurities make her not know how to get to the friendship side. And then all she has to do is just shut up. I think Can we talk about what Mary's behavior right before her sound advice, though, where she enters the house with cookies? Yes. Oh my gosh. And, the making um, of the when, cookies was a delight for me. Oh, yes. Yeah. Continue. But she enters uh, Whitney's house with the cookies and Whitney's daughter very excitedly is like, can we get a cooking lesson from Mary? And Mary's, after coming in very warm, uh, goes, no, actually, you know, someone in the church died in a graphic car accident today. And then she starts dancing and goes, I'm so excited to be here. It's so weird. It's so ethically confusing for me as to how much enjoyment I should be getting out of watching Mary in these this state. Like, are you laughing at a woman who's severely mentally ill? Yeah, and who like, whose mind is fragmented in that way. Yeah. When I was watching her do that, I could tell it's like 
because her job is to be first lady. Her consoling grieving families is just part of her job. So she was telling that Mm -hmm. story like we would all tell something really bad happened in our day. And they were like, but we're here now and we're ready to go. The problem is what happened horrible in her day was that a woman got thrown out of her car and died tragically off the side of a bridge. And so Mm -hmm. it just seemed insensitive. But if that were our job, maybe we would find it just the norm. Okay, so I can laugh at Mary is what you're saying. (laughs) That's what I'm choosing to do. (laughs) Well, it's almost time for Vanderpump. But before we move on, I do have a little piece of gossip. Seems like Mary might be charged with culty activity. And the word on the street is she and Jen are sharing the same lawyer. At first I thought there's no way that's true, but then I thought Salt Lake City isn't that big. Probably is. Yeah, probably related. Any final thoughts? My oh, my final thought is uh, it's another point against Heather for me in her evolution into mean girl Heather is when her daughter gets into UCSB and like the confetti goes off. Didn't happen for me when I got into that school. But the confetti goes off and then she goes, oh, I wonder what happens for the kids that don't get in. Like, is it teardrops? Like a big thumbs down? Mm-mm. Uh, yeah. Thumbs down for you, Heather. Rude. Rude. How she's approaching this sex talk stuff with her daughter is really bizarro to me. It's like she wants to pimp her out. The weirdest thing about that whole conversation is how mad Heather got that Lisa said that she was a good time girl. And now she has literally said this season, I want my daughter to be a good time girl. Huh? I won't rest until my daughter has sex before marriage. Yeah, it's a little, like, it's a little too much. And I get that she's trying to, like, undo Mm -hmm. everything. It's a lot. Also, come on. Her daughter's been dating the same guy for two years and they haven't had sex. Bullshit. All right, Vanderpump. There's one main thing I want to focus on, but I would like to sprinkle in another part. It's not going to be a full-on segment, but I think it's going to be a reoccurring theme. Schwartz is the fucking worst. He sucks so bad. In this episode alone, he said during a game of Fuck, Mary Kill, you can kill Katie. Oh my God. He's so like insecure about being with her is like my read on it. That he mm-hmm. was like afraid James was going to say Katie. So he did it preemptively. So as not to like feel embarrassed like himself. Like he had control over the embarrassment, you know? That's my read married. on him and how he perceives his relationship. Yeah. But yeah. he like... He devalues her so much and talks so much shit on her in the most in like ways like that that like he gets away with, and he has this whole show. It's so and frustrating. He's not that hot. No, he's whiny, so, is what he is. No, I don't know why he thinks he's hot enough to pull this off. He used to be a working model. Bubba, your haircut yes. looks like a Karen haircut. Bubba. And then she gets oh mad at him. No, just for a second. Just for a second. His little like whiny voice drives me insane. He's so weak though because he creates this Jenga game where you're pulling out and then you have to read on the block that you pulled what to do. But the whole time he's sitting there, he's so nervous that people aren't going to like the block they pick. He goes, oh, you don't have to do that. You don't have to do it. When it's the whole game, it's his one contribution to the whole weekend is him sloppily writing on these Jenga blocks. And then he's like mm-hmm. trying to undo the game as they're doing it. It was a nightmare. The worst. I love that though that this is setting up to be the season, a season worth of Schwartz being humiliated. Because that's what we're getting so far is like, they're not showing him in a flattering light at all. They're making it very clear that like he's a pitiable guy. 
for the first time on the show, I think. The mm-hmm. worst Schwartz grievance I have this episode was when Katie's saying, don't let Tom Sandoval steamroll you. Just, like, stand up for yourself. She's trying to give him a pep talk. Tom walks in. Schwartz turns to him and says, Katie thinks you steamroll me. <laughs> no, I don't. Yeah, no, it's my fault. <laughs> it's all my fault. Sorry, guys. It's all my fault. To be fault. fair, if your business oh partner was Schwartz, I would, I mean, you would also be, like, making sure you're, like, on top of everything. Why? And, like, Why is Schwartz a business partner? He doesn't <laughs> valuing do his anything. Input. He's the other Tom. You can't have one Tom without the other. This is the conundrum that Chris is in. Purely a branding thing. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Okay, we got to move on to the real drama of this episode. Not the engagement. Yada, yada, yada. Brock. Julia. Oh, defend my Defend yourself. <laughs> Wait, defend myself on what, what, what was my Brock's dance before? You thought he was a dreamboat. Yes. Brock, still a dreamboat. Yeah. Um. A little bit worrisome. <laughs> There's some red flags I'm seeing. One, he will leave Sheena Shea for any sport. That was the funniest thing I've ever seen, though. The melodrama of, like, closing in on her looking so sad at the fridge, realizing Brock isn't there. <laughs> <laughs> well, she counts her milk. <laughs> yeah, he leaves an hour early for pickleball instead of helping with the daughter. Then it turns out he has another family that he left. Two kids. With two kids. <laughs> he hasn't seen to come four to America. Years. And the winter his daughter from the previous marriage and the new daughter Summer. I get why the ex-wife is upset. Completely. I also think it's weird yeah. that he named his daughter on the other side of the equator Summer. When the other one's named Winter. Who was also born on the same day. It's yes. giving me replacement family. Yep. It's going to be like, oh, my second try, my second go at this. I can't believe Sheena says, oh, he hasn't seen them in four years. Not for like not trying. Get on an airplane. What are you not trying? There's no way he's paying child support. Zero percent. For some reason, this is the one that's bothering me the most. The abandoning your kids one, not good. The one that really bothered me, though, is how he spoke to Sheena's mom. (gasps) Why can't you just watch the kids? She's like paid help. It was her mom's birthday. Oh, and the fact that her mm. mom gives Brock shit, you know that the mom is just like planting the seeds in Sheena's head. Sheena's mom is handling this perfect. Sheena's mom forever. Yes. She's doing her best. She's supporting Sheena and Summer. Brock did say he's never felt more supported than he has felt with this relationship with Sheena because Sheena is a huge champion. Oh, well, yeah, I get to play pickleball whenever I want. I don't have to be a dad. I can just play pickleball. <laughs> and it was hard to watch her say, I've always wanted to name my daughter Summer when we can do a flashback to a mere two relationships ago where she's decided her daughter's name was Madison Marie. Do you think that was Brock's idea? Do you think Summer was Brock's idea? Oh, 100%. Gross. Yeah, yeah. And she's just like all in with Brock, so she's going to say anything to defend that. No. It will not last, and it no. won't go well. I feel so bad for her. Poor Sheena Shea. Did we miss any Brock red flags? He is like, oh, he is number one on my list. If Randall's looking like dad of the year next to you. Because Randall's an example of like a guy who had a previous uh, marriage and children and is like an active part of their lives. So I think that's also why him and Lala are being like, uh-oh. They did not even try to hide their shock. No. Uh, I'm sorry. I have to say this. When I watched Vanderpump, I realized it. 
Randall looks so much like Big Ed from 90 Day Fiance. Oh, he does. He's yeah, like a taller I, version. Yes. Like a stretched out Big Ed. Sorry, yeah. I just had to say it. Now That's you can't so see funny. it. That's so funny. Now I can't unsee it. Yeah, more, more athletic. A pickleball champ. Can we talk real quick about why Tom Sandoval paid for all of Rachella? Because he wants to get engaged so badly it's... and he can't. Now I know why there is no way that Ariana will marry him. He's way too messy with his finances. I wouldn't put my finances with mm-hmm. him either. I can't believe she bought a house with him. Yes, but Julia, they, they, that whole thing's complicated too. Yes. She claims that it's not, I don't know. She's like trying to distance herself from him financially. And um, I know why now. Yeah, we see why. What did you guys think of Archella? I thought it was really sad. Oh, I loved it. For I COVID? thought it was so funny. It's, it's such a huge space and how small it looked. And then was, all the four yeah. of them are there dancing. It just looks so sad, but they're not allowed to play <laughs> copywritten music. So we just watch them dance to like a garage band. I will say I'm happy. Uh, this is probably going to be the peak for James this episode. I think that we'll never see him happier on this show than he was on this episode. Aww. I think it's downhill from here. That's my prediction. I like him and I can just tell he's such a shit, but I did notice something. I think he's going to fuck it up. DJ James Kennedy! There's so many fun accents in the show. When he proposed, my beauty, my angel. Oh, so good. I'm excited to watch Raquel's sister roast him. You could do anything that you want, Raquel. Oh, me too. I can't believe they've been together for so long. She's just so quiet and like unsure of herself and he's just such a loose cannon. Yeah, it did make me sad listening to her insecurity issues because she can't give a toast. No, it was hard to watch. Um, No Charlie this episode. We were Charlie free this episode. She was there. I don't know what she was doing, though. I know. I love James checking to make sure he had the ring in the room with Raquel right there, right behind her. (laughs) Classy dude. I also think that, like, James's, like, talk with Raquel, I guess, proves that he is slightly better than Jax because I can't imagine Jax putting that much effort into helping Brittany through her insecurities in that way (laughs) can you no he just bought Brittany a boob job and said now you can't say shit to me like James actually like talked Raquel down and like helped her out Mm -hmm. all right awards (laughs) yes okay I'm gonna start us off with awards my Erica's insane story award goes to Mary Mary, of course, from Salt Lake City told us this week that one of her congregation flew off a cliff, rolled her car, she went flying out of her car and died. And I thought, doesn't this story sound familiar? I didn't know Erica's (laughs) son was a part of Mary's congregation. Mm. It's all coming together. Hmm. Alex, Oh, Julia's head is spinning now, putting the pieces together. (laughs) My SUR Amazing Acronym Award, or as I call it, the S-U-R-A-A-A, um, <laughs> named after SUR, the acronym for Sexy Unique Restaurant in Vanderpump Rules, goes to this week's episode of Potomac, which had, uh, uh, let's see here, all of these acronyms oh, said no. throughout the episode. G-V-O, Good Vibes Only. G-O-V, which I think, what was it? Good only, good old vaginas? I yes. think is what that one was. <laughs> L-D-T-B-H, long dick to be had. PDA, public display of affection. 
I mean, it was just like, I think there was even more. Can you think of any other ones? I like could not keep up. They just kept, there was that TTT, which we did not. At one point, I think they were just saying letters they remembered. They're saying letters and then like coming up with words like after the fact to like fit the letters. Yeah, When it should be the other way around. So congrats. I doubt this award will come back anytime soon. Or. Or. Y-D-T-A-P. What? Down this award, we'll be back. Okay. I got there. All right, Julia, take it away. My award is the Kathy Hilton Pop-Up Award. As we know, Kathy Hilton loves a good pop-up picnic. Um, This award is going to Heather with her chicken pop-up book. That was Heather's sex education class. So congratulations, pop-ups. That makes me really worried. Yeah. Yeah. And this is why she's having a hard time talking about sex with her daughter. If without the pop-up book, it's going to be hard to do. Do you think she's going to reveal that in the scene next week? The pop-up book? I would oh, love to get my like, eyes on this chicken yeah. pop-up book. Well, thank you guys so much for joining me. Thank you, Elizabeth. Anytime. You can catch new episodes of the Don't Be All Like Uncool podcast every Monday on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcast and Podbean. You can also follow us on Instagram at like uncool podcast. Remember to rate, review, subscribe, and mention it all.